0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a graceful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Friday. It's May 5th, 2017. This is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, and with Going to read and comment on page 36, paragraph one that begins, Yet he got drunk again, and two ends with, That didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. And today's readers are 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous, Carrie M., The 12 Traditions, Matt M., and our readers today are Stephanie L., Dion R., and Elaine B. Now, our share ID for, let's see, um, yesterday, 10 o'clock meeting, 9906. And today's 7 a.m. meeting is 9909. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who to shared
1: for us and the power to carry that out in 12. Having had a spiritual awakening awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: And thank you so much, Terry M. Okay, I will now ask Matt M. to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Thank you, Janice. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Hi, this is Matt M., compulsive overeater. Uh twelve traditions number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose there is the one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating possibly. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry his message to the compulsive over eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and proceeds divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OA is anonymous, remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, always anonymous, is no opinion on outside issues, hence the only name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our pro- public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Every reminding us to place principal, personalities. Thank you, and let deserve it.
0: <laughs> And thank you, Matt M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery pardon me, for moderators, is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Now, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. Now in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, today we resume our study in the big book on page 36, the very first paragraph. I will now ask Stephanie L to please start reading.
3: Good morning everybody, this is Stephanie L and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Yet he got drunk again. We asked him to tell us exactly how it happened. This is his story. I came to work on Tuesday morning. I remember I felt irritated that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. Then I decided to drive into the country and see one of my prospects for a car. On the way, I felt hungry, so I stopped at a roadside place where they have a bar. I had no intention of drinking. I just thought I would get a sandwich. I also had the notion that I might find a customer for a car at this place, which was familiar for I had been going to it for years. I had eaten there many times during the months I was sober. I sat down at a table and ordered a sandwich and a glass of milk. Still, no thought of of drinking. I ordered another sandwich and decided to have another glass of milk. Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, It wouldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I ordered a whiskey and poured it into the milk. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured as I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went so well that I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. That didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. And poor, poor Jim. (laughs) Poor Jim and that insane thinking. And, you know, I have written in my book, I am Jim. Time after time after time, after periods of abstinence, I found myself in that same place as Jim um, with that sudden thought that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it wouldn't hurt me on a full stomach. And there I was, you know, breaking my abstinence again. And what kind of insane thinking is that? You know, from my experience, You know, my last um, relapse, I had almost three years of abstinence and, you know, I wasn't working my program. I wasn't enlarging, you know, my spiritual life. I relate with, I felt irritated. There I was, you know, um, feeling resentful at my boss and I worked for a vegan restaurant company and suddenly the thought crossed my mind what would a little piece of vegan carrot cake hurt? It's vegan, for God's sake. It's agave. It's okay. You know, suddenly this, this thought crosses my mind, sneaks up on me. It's not even like a plan. I didn't wake up that morning and say, you know what, I'm going to eat carrot cake. It was this sudden, innocent, you know, thought. And there I was, you know, I took that bite, and I was off to the races again, and i didn't I didn't have a sober, abstinent you know breath for three and a half years and I had done that before, and you know had been in that same situation, and it didn't occur to me danger, 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 and that is the insane thinking that you know that Bill is showing us through the story of Jim, you know, and my only hope. You know, I had all this knowledge of myself as a compulsive overeater. I had worked the steps. I had worked the program. I had all this knowledge. And it, you know, I was resentful and there I was, you know, in that situation. And I thought it would be a great idea. Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind. Um, that, And I thought, this will be okay. And then it was off to the races and, you know, screw it. There I went again. And there, you know, again, there I was in relapse. And um, you know, this is a. I'm glad we're reading this this morning. This is a great reminder, and um, and yeah. So, um, with that, I will pass, and thank you for letting me share. Janice
0: Starone. Janice, we can't hear you. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I'm going to open this up now for anybody that would like to comment on page 36, paragraph 1, and paragraph 2. Wendy Ann. Jeannie
4: B. Jeannie M. M. I hear Wendy M. I hear... Jeannie
0: M. I'm going to say the name because I can't hear everybody at once. That's okay. I hear... I hope it's
5: right. Wendy M.
0: Jeannie? Jeannie. Jeannie. Jeannie what?
5: S uh, is in sandwich. No,
0: sorry. Lindsay B. So wait a minute now. G, is it Janie S as in salt or Serenity? Yes. Janie oh, Okay. And then I just heard someone else. Mary G-ney KB. B. Melissa C. I, I Hi, Mary KB. Mary KB. Carrie, oh boy. Carrie. Carrie terry terry b okay terry and melissa i can see. <laughs> melissa c is it melissa
6: yes melissa c okay went to
0: one more judy b. b a
5: lot of people
0: want to on this yeah mm-hmm. no i not hear anybody i hear somebody judy. two people judy, judy p judy p as Mitch. in peter p so, okay yes. let's go there because we're going to be all meeting on this okay Thank you so much. Let's begin with Wendy M. Is that right, Wendy? Did Hi, I call the wrong name? Okay, sorry. Wendy M. Good. Can Go you ahead, hear me Wendy. Now? I can hear you.
4: Great. Okay. Good morning, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. Uh, and thank you so much for your service. So this is by far my favorite story. Um, and, of course, I relate to it. And, of course, all of us are Jim's. I am Jim. Uh, and what I love about it is how the disease works and how quietly it works and how subtly it works. It, this, this story just, ex, like, just explains it or shows it. Um, In a way that I I haven't read before. And so when it says, for example, um, nothing serious. So he says a few words with the boss. Like, I love how we're in such denial. I am in such denial. Um, nothing serious so that's my story that's my life Uh, it's nothing serious it's really it's nothing and I have to say that it's nothing because I need to get that food into my body as quickly as possible I don't have a choice I have to do it so my mind has to say nothing serious and then it says I just thought I would get a sandwich I just you know again that's my disease I just that's how I get it in my mouth. Um, and then we have the word, but, where is that word? Um, I don't see it at the moment, but but oh, later in the italics. Okay, I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured. Again, I have to tell myself it's okay. I have to figure out a way to convince myself that it's okay. So to me, this is the denial that I do, the lying to myself and the the real kicker is i didn't even know i was lying to myself because it's in my own voice so it sounds right to me it sounds right to me um you know and the and and some of my silly things i think the, f- the silliest one is when i would put ice cream in my coffee i would still said i was abstinent ice cream in my coffee and say it's cream another favorite is um Whatever's in the salad bowl is still salad. I mean, it could be anything in there. Um, It had to be okay. Um, I lie about my motives, not just what goes in my mouth, but how I treat myself and other people. And I don't even know I'm lying because I'm swimming in it. Um, And I have to lie to get it in my mouth. I must lie. It's a compulsion. Um, And, it's, I just, you know, I could read the story again and again and again. I just, I love how accurate it is. So thanks so much for letting me share it, and I'll pass.
0: And thank you, Wendy M. Okay, we're going to go to Jeannie S., please.
5: Hi, this is Jeannie S. I'm a compulsive overeater in New York. Um, I've been listening to this, uh, to the meeting off and on uh, from the beginning, of today and I really it's I've gotten so much out of it. This is such a bizarre story. I mean and we don't really know the details. We don't know if he never worked on Monday. I'm assuming that he did because why is he telling us Tuesday? You know? We don't know a lot of things about him. But the thing that strikes me today about this story is it's what he's really doing is he's sort of exhibiting the behavior that a hard drinker might Be uh, exhibit you know somebody that doesn't really get that they need a spiritual solution to their problem you know he's you know and I can't even begin any normal person whether they were alcoholic or not if they lost their business and now they're working you know as a salesman in the business say that's already like unbelievable to be in that situation but but we learn about him that he's got a nervous disposition. We learn he's got a few words with the boss, which, you know, a lot of people have few words with the boss. That's probably not necessarily a good thing in general. But what's really amazing is the cavalier attitude with which he proceeds and ends up, you know, and they say, very clearly, he did not enlarge his spiritual life. And apparently he didn't get that message from the people that he spoke to after he went to the asylum you know, that he needed to enlarge his spiritual life. I guess it didn't make the two-foot drop. You know, he heard it, but he didn't do it for whatever reason. For me today, it's been a very good to hear people's shares because something very traumatic happened to me this week that just goes to the heart of a lot of what was driving my eating behavior when I was in relapse. And, and I've had food thoughts. And I guess what I got out of the meeting today, which is so valuable for me, is that, it doesn't matter what's happened to me. It just, you don't eat no matter what because it's never a solution. It takes me, it will take me where it took Jim and and all the people that I'm listening to on the line and I can't figure out why it happened. You know, it it was very painful. It still is, but you know what? I'm just putting it on the back burner and focusing on the solution as outlined in the big book and I really appreciate the shares today. Thank you, I pass. And thank you, <coughs>
0: pardon me, Jamie S. I believe
7: it's Sherry KB. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Thank great recovery compulsive, I read Nice to hear you on the line, Janice. Um, okay, so to me, this is great because it's all about identifying in. And as you've heard, a lot of people can identify into Jim's story, and so can I. And what this to me is about um this is the um, this is called White Knuckle in- Insanity to me. This is about insanity in action. And this is like the mental twist and the mental blank spot ganging up together and telling the intellect it will be different this time. To me, that's what's going on here. And that's what has happened to me numerous of times. Um, you know, interesting enough, uh, if you read the whole story, it's a, a buildup to me of denial and resentment. Um, because first of all, you know he's working for a guy that um, he he's now working for a guy of a place he used to own, so that's starting to build up. And then you know he got into a fight with him. Not you know he's denying how bad it was, and then he decides to go into the country and to uh, go find a prospect in the country to to sell a car to. Which I don't know about you, but most people don't sell cars in the country. Um, and it's just a continual build up of of the denial and and the. You know, the mental twist and the mental blank spot getting together here. Had no intention of drinking. I've gone into places where I was going to go buy something on sale and had no intention of buying any stuff. And then all of a sudden I noticed something was on sale that was even less expensive, but it it had chocolate and nuts on it. And I thought, well, that's okay. I'll just get a quarter. And I go in and I get a quarter. And then the next day, I go back and I buy more, and I keep buying more, and I've actually done this before. I ended up with four pounds worth of stuff. I don't know about you, but this is this is what happened to me, and it's just a buildup and a buildup. And then, you know, and I did have that one moment of thinking, I don't know if I should do this. And then this voice went, Nah, forget it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And this, to me, totally describes something I have done myself. And I don't know about you but I have definitely done this. And it's just a buildup, and it's, and it's not, you know, he's not enlarging his spiritual life, So and he's not in the steps. So, you know, left alone, I'm going to be back in the mental obsession. And, you know, he was restless, irritable, and discontent. The difference today is when I wake up restless, irritable, and discontent, I know what to do with it. That's the difference of working in this book and, and living in 10, 11, and 12, and that, that I pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you so much, Sherry, KB. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn.
6: Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater, New York. And, um, you know, um, I love – I remember I felt irritated that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. And, um, you know, I just I, – I hear um, like a real – his ego, like a superiority, like that he is now stuck in a position. And I think that's the real important part of the story, the fact that he's walking around feeling like um, he deserves better than what it is that he's getting. And, you know, um, just a couple of days ago, I felt irritated that I had to work for a school that was once the shining star of my district. That is no longer. And yeah, my ego is, um, you know, uh, is huge. And so, you know, with that irritation, um, I took note of, and I started a list in my mind of all the things that were broken in that building. You know, I was not feeling right. I, noticed, um, you know, we have no water. There was no water in the building. There was no school nurse that day. And then to top it off, I went to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom that I had to go into was dirty. And I was outraged and irritated. And, you know, um, whether I'm right or wrong, whether Jim here is right or wrong in feeling irritation, um, I am sick. I have a mental illness. Um, and I can't afford to be married to my irritation. I better get that settled fast, or I'm taking a ride to the country, and, you know, for me, it's innocently putting something in my coffee, you know, thinking that, well, hey, it's just a cream in my coffee, and it's sugar-free, nonetheless, and I, that's where it had happened for me years ago. Those were the The things that I added to my coffee, thinking it's not hurting me this time. You know, and so what I do know is I can't do certain things that other people who don't have this disease can do. I can't march into the boss's office in in my irritation and have a few words with her. Um, That will never go well for me, you know, whether I'm right or wrong. You know that I have to divorce myself from the 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 fact is is that my higher power has put me in this building, dirty or not, and you know when I did my inventory, I realized that part of my amends was how often did I clean up my own mess, whether um, literally cleaning up a mess after myself or the way that I engaged in that building and You know, what I did, rather than complain, was I cleaned the bathroom. I didn't tell anybody, and I did it, and my irritation was lifted. And then I don't desire putting anything in my milk or my coffee. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay. Um, Judy P., it's your turn.
8: Good morning, Janice, and thanks so much for your service today. Um, The line that really always gets me is suddenly the thought crossed my mind. And I find that to be the scariest line. Um, uh, God's removed the thought from me for four and a half years now. Gone. No desire for the binge foods at all. He's done that before and I threw it away. And um, this is where my faith has to really hold tight. That I have to believe for today I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The thought is not going to cross my mind that I'm going to act on. And the insanity of uh, when I was eating, and I remember, for me, it always used to seem like family functions were just like a big binge fit for me, because I had all the foods I wouldn't bring into my house. And I remember, it was like a mantra, I'm not going to eat there, I'm not going to eat there, over and over, I'm not going to eat there. And then suddenly, this all crossed my mind. I'll just take one small plate of appetizers, and I'll be good to go. And of course, that never worked. And then it was just like a total obsession, the embarrassment of whoever was hosting the party, you know, having to fill the place again because I was demolishing everything. But um oh Janice, I forgot to time myself. I'm so sorry if you wouldn't mind. But um just that right. you go ahead. Um, just that thought is 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 scary to me and I have a healthy fear of that thought. And I never want to be so sure about my recovery and so sure about what I consider to be an amazing relationship with God that I will not pick up again. I had a huge spiritual awakening in my first recovery, and it did not keep me from picking up because I did fail to enlarge my spiritual life. I thought it was so powerful. I switched religions. I converted. You know, religion became my new obsession. Um... And and I thought I was golden. I was so golden that I thought I had the power to keep myself from gaining weight. It's amazing how I should equate a normal weight with all of a sudden have the power to not gain weight and to eat what I wanted. I said I was immune. And I remember, um, I always say, eating out became legal binges for me. And as long as I didn't take dessert, I was golden. I was good, it didn't matter all the other food I was eating. I was not eating dessert, and uh you know i am I am so humbled that God gave me another chance. I made a mess of my marriage, a real mess that He has restored to better than it's ever been, and I have made a mess of two prior recoveries, and He has blessed me with the most amazing life now, and it awes me. That God is such a loving and forgiving God. With that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: That's perfect. Okay. Thank you, Judy Page. Okay. Just a reminder that uh, we are commenting on page 36, paragraph two. I'm sorry, paragraph one and paragraph two. Who would like to speak
9: next? Kathleen O.
0: Oh, how nice. Kathleen O. Lindsay B. Lindsay, Lindsay B. Okay. Deborah, Ginger B. B. Deborah? I heard Deborah P isn't Peter. G- Correct. Got it. Rocky I. Rocky? Judy G. Rocky I and Judy T. That's good for now. Good, good. Kathleen oh, okay. O, it's your turn.
9: Good morning, Janice. Thanks for your service. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. And O, Jim. Every time I read that, I'm like, I just think, no, don't do it, Jim. Don't do it. So here's Jim, charming, intelligent, successful. He knows he's powerless. As he's agreed, he was a real alcoholic and in serious condition. And he knew he needed to do something or he'd lose his family. Yet, he got drunk again. He said he had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. And I can see denial going on here because sometimes I'll go throughout the day and Something will happen and I'll think, oh, that's not that bad. But truly it is. It's something that I need to, you know, do a fourth step on. Um, So denial and delusion was certainly going on when he decided a little whiskey in his milk couldn't hurt. And there's that mental twist. I'll be okay. You know, I've been there. I'll be okay. I can eat like other normal people. I can control this. I, I, I. I've suddenly moved into the ism of alcoholism. I, self, and me. Um, so the real problem is the insane thinking that even after the knowledge and wish of the need to leave it alone, that we can't. And, you know, all actions are born in thought. Jim realizes he's powerless that he forgets the pain of what alcohol has done to him. And I've been at that crossroads. Um, you know, oh I think I can do this. And I forget the pain. I forget how horrible it is. Um, you know, it's For me, it's when I come to that crossroad of feeling irritable, restless, discontent, I can choose the path of disease and take the bite for the ease and comfort that always comes at once, but never lasts. And it always gets worse, never better. Or I can choose the path of enlarging on my spiritual life. I can choose the path of being God-centered rather than self-centered. Because the second I go into my ego and self-centered and thinking I can do this, I lose. I lose every time. And if I can just, when those thoughts come up, go to my my higher power and work these steps, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through the moment. And thank you. I pass.
0: And thank you, Kathleen. Lindsay B., it's your turn.
10: Good morning, everybody. This is Lindsay B. from New Hampshire. Gratefully recovered today. Um, Gosh, you know... (laughs) I hear this so many times, you know, how many times I've read this big book and, you know, been reading it on and off for so many years. But I have a whole new appreciation for this chapter. And what this teaches me is that, um, is that the disease is always there no matter what. And I have been learning a lot about what it is to be recovered and somehow I had this idea that being recovered was really about, you know, um, Yeah, the obsession's lifted, but somehow all my, you know, those behaviors were just going to be gone. And what I've learned is that at any point, you know, the insidiousness of this disease, I can believe a lie. And Jim's story to me just reminds me of um, how 24-7 I have to be connected with God and I have to be pausing throughout the day. Am I connected? Because the other day, I have a thing about after-holiday candy being for sale. It really bothers me that all this candy is there for 90% off. How come people are not buying it, you know? Like, I, <laughs> that was always my thing, you know, go and get this. So first of all, it's this amazing deal, right, because I'm really into amazing deals. And I, and I, it's like, it really bothers me that, that, that this candy is 75% off, 90% off, and no one's buying it. So the other day, you know, me as this recovered person and i just been saying how grateful I was and sharing on a meeting and I'm sponsoring and I'm doing my stuff. And I'm in the drugstore to pick up meds, you know. It's so interesting that a drugstore, right, where you buy stuff to make you feel better also is where my poison is. And But anyway, and I find myself having to go down the bloody Easter aisle. I have to look at this candy. I have to. And I almost get there and my son's with me. What kind of role model am I? He's no interested in the candy. I want him to see it because he can have it. He has no interest in it. He's not like me. But before I even get there, I turn around. Because I'm connected to God in that moment, I take that pause and I was able to laugh at myself. So I finally get why people go, I can never understand why people are on this meeting every day. Come on, give yourself a day off. I can't give myself a day off. I have a serious Disease, and I am so grateful that I'm willing to take my medicine, don't have to be perfect, and that um, I can come on this meeting and belong. I just have not felt like I belong for such a long time, and I feel like I belong today, and I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass.
0: And thank you, Lindsay P. B. Okay, Deborah P., it's your turn.
11: Hi, good morning. This is Deborah P., compulsive overeater. Um, I haven't slept at all, so I'm going to try and uh try and uh, get my thoughts together here. But um yeah, so I this the part that strikes me about this is just the well, I just walked into this place that I've always gone into, just sat down and ate. And obviously, I mean there was something that preceded the whole thing where he started to drink, but you know, with me, I I don't even realize that I've something may have happened that where I've got resentment or whatever. But the times that I have messed up are times where, I mean, I literally, it just seems like out of the blue, you know, I'll just be somewhere, you know, being out in nature or whatever. And all of a sudden, like into my head, it's like, well, I just, I'm just going to have, I just got to go get something to eat, like right now. And it's just like, where did that come from? And for some reason, this story pops into my head. You know, I'm sitting down having a glass of milk and, um, all of a sudden I'm putting whiskey in my I mean it's just so bizarre. But um so, you know, I think it's just that I just have to always be sort of on my toes and I I what I've done recently and I'm I'm sorta of new at new at this, I haven't been here for years or anything, but um I'm I'm becoming very introspective and I think, well, okay, if I just sort of get to the root of this thing, um that's and to some degree, that is what I am doing. I'm surrendering you know the stuff that's underneath it, whether it's the resentment or you know insecurity or whatever. It's like, okay, God, this is just you know like I have to eat over this. It's like I'm surrendering all that stuff that's inside, and um but the bottom line is that you know, I just can't eat no matter what, and I know that I'm gonna feel ten times better if I just do that very simple. Thing and um, I don't know why I still, after years and years of doing this, think, well, maybe you know, maybe I've sort of gotten to the root of this, or maybe maybe it's maybe it's okay now. If I just you know, just put a little bit of this whiskey in my milk, it'll be fine. And um, so, anyways, it's just it's very helpful for me to hear everyone and just to reconfirm that it is a disease that I just have to eat, not eat no matter what, and um and that
5: I'll be able to get through each 24 hours. And thank you. With that, I'll pass.
3: Janice, star one, please.
0: One, Rocky to unmute, no, I needed to unmute. OK, Rocky, please go ahead.
12: Rocky? Good. Good morning. This is Lucky I recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And I love the show. Um, uh, I love Jim, too. And I love his crazy thinking that um, whiskey and milk would not hurt him. Uh, and me, too. How m- I- I'm Jim. How many times um, have I done that? You know, it's like, oh, I just uh, diet soda or oh um, it's just a little piece or you know it's just the insidious thinking um, but we don't know until we know and um, I want to believe that maybe Jim was early in his recovery and he he didn't have, uh he was not as experienced and refined as you know to catch himself um And also uh, about the spiritual, you know, how important it is. Because when I came to OA, I didn't really know what it was about. So it took me six months to, you know, read all the literature. And again, um, the people that know me here in Arizona uh, know me for my bags. Well, at first it was a bag, and then now there are two bags, and um I still carry them around sometimes, uh, although Kindle has taken a lot of that. Uh, but um, what I was going to do is like the spiritual solution has helped me as in now I offer, you know, I have such a good step to such a great God that I offer my myself, you know, now it's a pleasure to be abstinent. Is the only way I can pay my God, you know. I offer my 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 body as a living sacrifice, and and um and it's just a pleasure to be absent uh, because in return my higher power, uh, gives me, you know, serenity, peacefulness, uh, friendships that I didn't know before, and so. Uh, no matter what happens, uh, food is not the solution anymore as it used to be. And uh, uh, for that, I'm very thankful for program and the big book and the meetings. And so, with that, I will pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Rocky Eye. Okay, Judy
13: T. Hello, this is Judy. It's actually Judy G. As in girl. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Washington State. Um, I'm fairly new to vision, and this is my first time sharing on the line. Um, I've listened, uh, been listening for a long time, and I've been in OA a very, very long time. Like many people, thought I was working the steps. Um, I learned about the allergy of the body many years ago, so I understood abstinence, but I never really understood the point of this story. Um, I knew how to get abstinent. I did not know how to stay abstinent. So it didn't matter whether it was two weeks or nine months or two years. And uh, like Jim, I always, I often, I often hear the voice in my head that says, "This is not wise." Um, but I honestly, my uh, compulsive eating, I have absolutely no ability to listen to that voice in my head because that's me. That's my voice, which really wants to give me an excuse. And I I just hear so many things on the line that I think, oh, well, that's it. I'm lying to myself all the time. And I'm very, very skilled at that. I'm very good at being dishonest. And so I really understand that on my own, uh, this is pretty hopeless. So I'm working the steps with a sponsor. I am seeking to enlarge and develop my spiritual life. And to really understand how I will continue doing what I do, which is I stay clean in my food for a while, and then the voice comes in, and I make an excuse, and I pick up, and I start over again. And I I have started over so many times, that is as much a part of my disease as anything else. So for today, I'm really listening. I'm really glad to be able to share most mornings I have to listen on. The recording because I have to be out very early, but I'm understanding that being present and being here um, is part of the recovery because I've been listening and I hear so many people here all the time, feel like I start to get connected through that. So I'm really glad to be here today, to be sharing for the first time, cross that barrier and to hear the story and understand it because I never understood that my problem was my mind and today I do understand that. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: And thank you, Judy G. Okay, we still have some more time. To, who would like to comment on paragraph one
13: mm-hmm.
0: and paragraph two? Page 36. Hi, Jane. Jane. Jane B. Jane B, as in Bob? Yes. Okay. Yes. Anybody else?
14: Hi. It's Julian M. from Q. Hill. Penny H. I heard a Penny H. Is that correct? Uh, Jenny with a J, Jenny H. Just, boy,
0: I better put my volume up. Jenny H. Anybody else? Lori Kathy Gildy. from Cherry Hill. Gildy. I heard Cherry oh, Hill and then I heard something else. Who's from Cherry Hill? Lori M. Lori
8: Marie. M. from Cherry Hill.
0: Lori M. from Cherry Hill. All right. Let's um, take one more just in case the time might run out. Jody e. L. E. L. Jody e. Q. That's who I heard. All right. Sorry if I didn't hear anybody else. Let's go with Jane B. Oy, oy, oy. Jane B. Did I
5: hear
3: not that name?
15: Hello, this is Jane. I don't know why I was talking and, and I thought I was being heard. Sorry about that. Hi, I'm Jane B. I'm in Florida and I'm grateful to be recovered again. Love the story. As, as everybody said, just about everything I could think of. But um, I do, I'm always reminded that before any, before I always picked up, I always had that irritation. And this, you know, as Bill, as um, Jim was, underneath there was underlying the resentment, you know, that irritation was mild compared to what the irritation was. I'm sure. Um, so when, when he went, went to, went to the country and he's already at that point where he's getting pissed at himself or whatever. And, um, so there's so much justification right there and it's an unconscious thing. And that's where our disease lies in that subtle area where it just, you know, for me, I don't even know I'm lying. That's what denial is. You know, don't even know I'm lying. And um, when I'm at that point, it's already too late. Um, I've already built up the, the justification to eat. I can remember so many times that feeling of when I would eat and then I go a week later, eat, you know, unable to stop eating for months, I would say, how did I get there? I don't understand. And of course... Of course, it was always about the the situation, but it was always the underlying resentment or whatever it was and the justification. And I, I do see myself in that because I remember so often um, my binges, I always weigh and measure, but I just always remember like having to, if I could sneak something into my food plan and nobody would know it, maybe I'll just sneak some sweeteners into my decaf, which I don't drink. And then all of a sudden I'm off to the races, and I go, how come I put that in? It's like the whiskey in the milk. Of course I did, because then the craving starts so and then then the sugar cravings start, and a week later I'm eating. But it's all the it's always that moment of truth. We need to keep remind. I have to remind myself that only I'm only absent by the grace of my higher power every day. That very very moment I have to stay connected. I. I mean, before I even go into a, a, a bar, a bakery, I have to be connected to a higher power in some way because I'm going into territory that, you know, I ha- how do I know I'm completely spiritually fit at that moment? So it's just always a good reminder to say, remember God, remember God. Thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you, uh,
0: Jane B. Um, Jenny H., please.
14: Hi, this is Jenny. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, great. Um, thank you so much for the meeting and for everybody's shares. Um, yeah, this was so perfect. I am. I just started, uh, I'm a recovering, definitely not recovered, compulsive eater in Northern California. Um, I just started working with a new sponsor, and my homework assignment was to read this chapter and talk to people about Jim's um, story <laughs> and uh, some of the other stories in this chapter. Um, so this is really wonderful. And I thought that I had kind of weeded through everything and then hearing everyone shares, more came up. Um, one is, yeah, just that idea of uh, where you where you draw the line and kind of the insanity of your mind. One of my things is, you know, making sure that I'm sitting down with my food. But I made this rule that it's okay to lick the spoon after I've served. Like, that's Okay. And I don't know, I don't want to let go of it because I feel like I've let go of so many other things. And I know that's just wanting to be in control, and it's so silly. Nothing's going to happen if I don't lift a spoon. If anything, maybe I'll just have a little bit more peace of mind. Um, but, yeah, this has made me reconsider that. And also, you know, I kind of missed in the story where he was a little bit agitated. Um that things happened with his boss and yesterday I was in a situation where I was feeling really rushed and rushing is definitely a trigger for me and I was just noticing this compulsion to eat so much and I knew that there was something going on so I wasn't really sure what, and yeah I live on a shared community and I was in charge of putting flowers in the different areas of the community yesterday in one of the areas of the bakery. And the bakery is one of my scary binge places. Um, and I had to put the flowers in the bakery. And nobody was in there. I was all by myself. And there was just this fresh bread sitting on the counter. And I was like, well, I could just smell the bread. I could just I could just hold it. <laughs> um, so I did. And it smelled it. It smelled so good. And I didn't eat it, um, but I think it's thanks to program and thanks to these stories that I'm able to recognize this is my brain telling me crazy things right now, and I don't have to act on it, but I can recognize that this is my brain telling me some crazy things right now. Um, yeah, so that felt good to turn over. Oh, and then the last thing was um, going into places that I know I really – have no business going into other than to feed my disease I was babysitting um uh last weekend and I was with this little girl who's like one year old and she was just excited to ride the train but I noticed oh we're going like I know all the stores in the neighborhood that have free samples and I was like oh we could go into this one and we could get some samples of apples and like even though it's abstinent food it's still that like craving to just like munch on things throughout the day. And she didn't care. Like she was just excited about the train. She didn't want to go into a store. It wasn't for her. I'm uh, so sorry.
0: I don't know the time. I do, I missed your time or so. You could be, have you timed yourself?
14: I haven't. I'm sorry. I'll wrap up. No, I
0: it. have indeed. So, and we got about another couple of minutes. I'm sorry.
14: Okay. That was my last thing. So just uh, being able to recognize it. And thank you.
0: All right. And thank you so much, Laurie. I th- I mean, Jenny H., Larry M, we got a couple of minutes, I think, as we close here at at, uh, 1050, is that correct? Please go ahead. Laurie. Laurie M? Was there a Laurie
16: M? Yes. Yes, Janet, can you hear me? I can hear you, hon, yep. Okay, great, thanks so much. Um, I relate so much to Jim. I have a long history of getting abstinent and uh, burying the resentment, the self-pity, not understanding my motives and where they'll take me. And until I got recovered about a year and a half ago, I just did not possess the ability to put on the brakes in my thinking and to look at the thinking that was spurring me on to make that decision that led me to back to binging. And like the experiment with the milk in the whiskey, I did it with an extra bite, uh, something that I thought I was better now. Um, you know, again, because I just didn't want to go to God and to my fellows and humble myself that I was feeling sorry for myself or feeling better than or feeling less than. I just did not possess the the, uh, the know-how. I had not recovered using these steps. I didn't understand Jim's story, although I related to that cycle, that hopeless cycle of going back and back again and again and again, because every time I would have abstinence, of course, I really had no recovery. I had not done uh, internal work that made me understand more than just how could I do this? And of course, it makes perfect sense to me now why I did it, because at times where I would say, it's okay, that person hurt me, but it's okay, instead of that person hurt me, hmm, what do I need to do about this now? And uh, thank God for these 12 steps and um, for the opportunity to get well and to look at myself and my motives and the way that uh, I made these decisions and these conclusions. I'm better now. I can have that. Uh, This won't hurt me. And, you know, that big lie that led me to experiment with food and the way Jim did with the With the whiskey and the milk. And I thank God for my recovery and for all of you and for this meeting. Thanks so much, Janice, for letting me share. Have a great day. And thank you so much,
0: Laurie M. I'm sorry, Jody EQ. We'll have to wait till next week. Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared and bore with me. Um, I don't have the share ID for this meeting, (laughs) uh, but I do have it for this morning. And uh, the 7 a.m. meeting is 9909. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Dion R. Uh, please um, read 164? Uh, a vision yes. for you. Yes, um, the book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Dion.
17: Yes, hi, Janet. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Hi, I'm Dion, compulsive, recovering compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation